You've counted down the seconds. Now make every second count for you. University of Maryland Global Campus will help you wave goodbye to 2020 and say hello to a new year where you take the next step in your education. Whether you want to study business, cybersecurity, healthcare, or IT, University of Maryland Global Campus can help. Apply by January 31st and we'll waive your application fee. Learn online. Visit umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Welcome to El Tell and John's La Liga Weekly. Ladies and gentlemen, look at the league table and rest easy. Order has been restored to a chaotic world. Real Madrid, Barcelona slugging it out for the title. Atletico third, providing as much challenge as any team reasonably can with seven goals from eight matches. But what we don't know is whether any of these teams are actually that good. Are Real Madrid the side of Bale's snaking assist and Modric's thunderbolt? Or the team that conceded two goals to a bloke from Bruges called Dennis, who literally can't shoot without falling over. <laughs> Barca beats Sevilla because, and forgive me if this gets very technical, they've got players who can kick the ball into the net, and Sevilla have got Luke de Jong. Poor old Chikorito, he took a 90 grand a week pay cut to leave West Ham's bench and instead watched de Jong's game of how many different ways can one player miss a sitter? To be fair, the Dutchman's not the La Liga striker in the worst form. That's surely Sandro Ramirez, who could have won it via Dolly against Atletico from the penalty spot. Instead, the ball landed in row X, leaving the former Everton man without a goal in 53 matches. Remember when he scored 16 in a season with Malaga? My rudimentary maths tells me that at his current rate of scoring, by the time Sandro scores another 16 goals, we'll all be dead. And speaking of interminable weights, who, like me, spent their Friday night watching VAR taking three hours to decide on an offside, which is very obviously not offside. Apparently, they couldn't be absolutely certain because they didn't have a camera in line and they were presumably waiting for one to grow organically. <laughs> there we are. A weekend in La Liga. Terry Gibson is fresh from his commentary on nine-man Barcelona's win over Sevilla. Terry, if you take your boots along to the A-bar game, I think you'll get a game at centre-half. You know, it was, it was interesting seeing PK picking up a card so he gets banned for that game. He's got to hope that Longley, obviously Longley will be back from suspension, but he's got to hope maybe that Umtiti's back as well because Abar away, they're playing well now, Abar. That isn't, it's never an easy game. And we know that if there is a weakness at the back for Barcelona, if they haven't got the available centre-backs because PK suspended, then it's going to be a difficult encounter for Barcelona. So that's a risk. And obviously with the, the Araujo, the young player coming on, I thought personally it was a red card. I don't know why Dembele's got so het up over it because the, the game's won. And I think it's a straightforward decision. Once the referee gives the foul, it's a red card offence. It's quite, I think it's quite straightforward. So it's it was a quite dramatic game. It, it was a, a game of contrast. I thought Sevilla played really well. The, the scoreline flatters Barcelona. But, it, it, you know, that's what you get when you spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of euros on world-class strikers, world-class attacking players. Then when the chance does come the way of Luis Suarez, he tucks these away. Spectacular goal. Dembele does likewise. Um, as opposed to Sabiru, at the moment, can't find anyone. Well, they have tried one player to replace the prolific Wissam Ben Yedda. Um, I wonder if he had been available for Sevilla tonight with the chances that it came Luke de Jong's way, then the scoreline might have been different, particularly if Sevilla got the first goal of the game. Yeah, although Chikorito and his agent might point out that if he'd been on the pitch instead of 
uh, De Jong. And De Jong's got a good record in the Dutch league, hasn't he? He's just found it very difficult to start with. However, my, my concern from Barca's point of view, Terry, is that now you can enjoy it. And yeah, enjoy a 4-0 win with four brilliantly taken goals. Fantastic. There was enough there to worry about, wasn't there, when it gets to the latter stages, say, of the Champions League and maybe their games against Atletico or Real Madrid to come. They were open enough and vulnerable enough with a, a lack of energy of, of the press that Sevilla created chances pretty well. So if you're, say, Liverpool, Man City looking at that, you're thinking, yeah, we, we can score goals against this team. Yeah, I think in, in fairness to Valverde, though, it was a makeshift back four. You had four players that were all right-footed. You had a young player who hasn't played many games playing alongside Pico. Did all right for most of the game. Yeah. Sergio Roberto, I thought we'd seen him the last of him playing as a right back because of injuries to other players, two left backs in particular, Alba and Junior Firpo means that he's playing right back, Semedo's playing left back. I, I'm not convinced that Frankie de Jong is a defensive midfield player um, in the Barcelona, true to the Barcelona style, i.e., for example, Busquets, the Busquets role. I think de Jong is nowhere near as good a defender as Busquets. I don't ever see a time where de Jong is allowing Piquet to venture forward and De Jong stepping in and playing as centre-back for a couple of minutes. I don't see him stepping in between the two centre-backs and making a back three. I don't see him spotting danger as well as Busquets. But I do see De Jong as an outstanding footballer that probably should play in that role. He didn't look comfortable in that role tonight. I know he's played there for Ajax, but it's primarily as a distributor of the ball from the back rather than a defensive midfield player whose defensive job is is probably the, the most important aspect of playing in that role for Barcelona. So I think that's another reason possibly why Barcelona conceded so many chances tonight. So I think there's there's a few issues for Valverde to solve. I'm sure he will, and it'll be far easier with him having players back from injury. Jordi Alba was on the bench tonight. The, the international break will probably allow Junior Firpo to come back as well. Um, he might be a possibility in, in, in one of the centre-back positions when they play Abar. So of course, Messi is the, the biggest bonus and, and Suarez, whose form looks decidedly dodgy apart from when it comes to finishing chances. I mean, it, it's uncanny the way that he has slow starts to the season normally. But this season, he, he when it comes to finishing chances that come his way, he looks really sharp. So, yes, his game's untidy outside the penalty box, but the most important job for a striker, as we see through De Jong um, up front for Sevilla, is to, to find the back of the net. And Suarez has done that magnificently so far this season. Uh, in your commentary tonight, Terry, you and Lucas were joking about how many uh, goals Messi had scored. Uh, exactly 100 from outside of the penalty area, which is an <laughs> incredible record, isn't it? You're, there are great players who don't score 100 goals in their career, let alone 100 goals from... Uh, outside of the box and it's no particular coincidence that after this pretty stuttering start to the season they've won every game in which Messi has started yeah and that clearly I mean it's it's amazing seeing a player that's having a pre-season in in serious league games and Champions League matches and it's quite remarkable actually how quick he's picking up the speed of it all um, yeah he's going to make a huge difference obviously it was, it was smashing to see the enthusiasm he showed after scoring as well I think it was a little bit of frustration that that was his third attempt from a set piece. He had a couple of other chances that were near misses or saved by the goalkeeper. That mazy dribble in particular, where I foolishly said we've seen that 400 times before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's That's the only thing that's going to stop him performing at the level he is if, he doesn't, if he's not as motivated. But clearly, you saw when he scored his first goal of the season tonight that 
Valverde will be hoping there's another 40 of those. Um, and if he keeps up the pace that he's shown in previous 12, 13 seasons, that'll be exactly the case as long as he can stay fit and healthy. Uh, let's have a look at Real Madrid as well. So, I mean, similar story really, Terry, isn't it? In that they, they, I don't know if they did get away with it against Bruges. It was a draw. It doesn't leave them particularly well set in the Champions League, but there's time to put that right. Um, they looked like they were playing well coasting against Granada, but even then they managed to make hard work of it in the end. So as I said in the intro, but I could have asked you this, and I have been asking you this for about four years now, um, <laughs> how good are Real Madrid? Are they the team with that brilliant Bale assist, you know, Hazard's goal, Modric's thunderbolt, Ames' goal and all of that? Or are they this bizarrely vulnerable team? They're a bizarrely vulnerable team. I think it, I was holding thought on and and how they've improved in recent weeks, the winners against Sevilla in particular, because we need a run of about 10 games where they don't have a game like Bruges, where they don't have a second half where they concede two goals against Granada and suddenly a comfortable 3-0 victory and, and a comfortable afternoon's work becomes a bit of a struggle and all right, Hammers gets the fourth and he wraps it up and takes it away from Granada. But there was a spell in that game at 3-2 where Granada possibly thought they would back him with a chance of a a spectacular draw at Real Madrid. So, it, but it's to be what, 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 what I don't know what we expect because it's the same players apart from Aiden Hazard. It's exactly the same group that have been doing this for a number of seasons now, where you know they perform miraculously well, particularly in Champions League football, come up with some great performances, great results, great individual performances, and have struggled in La Liga. So, it's until we see. Numerous changes in the starting eleven of, of Real Madrid. Um, it appears this is going to be what happens. Um, it's great to watch. Um, they at times at the weekends they they were fantastic again. Um, but the, the, I guess the, the performance against Bruges would have been playing on their mind, um, and it was important they got off to a good start, which is what they did after two minutes, and then really sort of rammed down their authority. Hazard getting the goal for Real Madrid is a, a big plus for Zidane. The performance of Bell was good, um, but we're probably talking about an hour and then a, and then a sloppy 20-25 minutes that allowed Granada right back into the game. And, and frankly, they, they should never have been. They should have been outside. Even at 3-0, if Real Madrid don't score anymore, at least don't concede. You know, it was a, a, a mistake from the Areola for the, to concede the penalty, then Dominguez Duarte gets the, the second for Granada. And then it's everyone's panicking at the Bernabeu, and it, it shouldn't have been that way. But, um, no, I, I think that's what we're going to see from Real Madrid. We're going to see games where they're going to be absolutely brilliant. Um, and then we're going to see games like we've seen in the last couple. Their, their, their form is, is going to fluctuate from being a superb team to being one that doesn't look as if they can win anything. But, they, you know, as I've said before, that the, the strongest eleven is the players that have won them Champions League skill and on their day, they, they can cause any team problems. It's just, are they going to have the amount of games that they need on a consistent basis to be successful in La Liga and to be successful in the Champions League again? I very much doubt it, if I'm being honest. Um, how important, how good is Fede Valverde? Does he fill the gap that we've talked about of them needing another hard-working midfield player? I think, yes, I think, and, and it's pleasing to see him get the opportunities be, because of the sheer lack of numbers. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Zidane treats Isco, and now he's back from injury, whether he, he sees him as one of the midfield players, whether he sees Hammers as a midfield player. Um, but no, it's pleasing to see any young player get an opportunity. Do they need one or two more? 
possibly the Casemiro position is a problem, isn't it? If he's ever missing, then there's, there's someone's going to have to be the definitive holding midfield player that tries to tie it all together, and they they don't appear to have a replacement for for Casemiro. So that that's the the situation. I think Valverde is a, a really promising young player that's. It's wise for Zidane to have someone like that in the squad that he can use on a regular basis to make sure that Kroos and Modric in particular do get a rest period. But there's no replacement for Casemiro. So he's, unless Valverde can turn into that sort of player, which I don't think he is, I think he's an all-rounder. He's box-to-box. He's, he's good on the ball. He's strong, aggressive, athletic. Um, and his career is certainly progressing in the right direction. So I think the Casemiro position is, is the ultimately the biggest problem in midfield for Real Madrid that they don't have replacement or they don't have someone that can compete for that position alongside Casemiro. Uh, now, I know you were you were travelling, Terry, so you did, probably didn't see much of, or did you see much of Atletico? Uh, if you didn't see, you didn't miss much. The nil-nil draw with Valladolid and the, 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 the most notable thing was Sandro's penalty miss, but they can be really frustrating, Atletico, can't they? Because you know, this, this title is here to be won this season. Yes, I totally agree with you. And I'm looking at their, their goals for records, goals for seven, goals yeah, against four, um, seven in eight games. So they're, they're scoring under a goal a game. They're conceding one every two. They end the season. It's going to be something like 37 goals scored and 16 goals against us. It's 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 somehow Simeone's got to come up with a solution to play, to find a partnership up front and to find a system that serves that partnership. If Costa Morata play, Costa has to be better. If Costa Morata play, they have to get lots of crosses into the box, and Costa in particular has to improve and be a threat. Morata's been injured, been suspended. It's hard to judge him at the moment. I preferred the Morata-Jao Felix partnership. We're seeing different midfield players. It, it's You're right, this this... this the, the title is up for grabs this season. It's not the best version of Barcelona yet. It's not the best version of Real Madrid yet. Um, and Atletico can't afford to be dropping points and not scoring away from home against Valladolid. And I'm not being disrespectful to Valladolid, but it's the type of game that Atletico Madrid, if they want to win the title, have to make sure they come away with the, the three points. And one long-range attempt from Correa that hits the post, pretty much that was about it, really. Um, and if Sandro, I've looked at the penalty on lots of replays, there's a little bit of movement. It's, it, the ball almost sits up. He, he, he takes it almost like a David Beckham free kick. And his standing foot just moves the ball slightly before he strikes it. Um, it's 800 days, which is like two and, a, two and a half years since he scored. I actually thought it was a good sign for Vitalid if they can recapture the form he showed at Malik. And now it's, his, his career's taken a real pummeling in terms of not playing on a regular basis, losing confidence. It was admirable that he'd stepped up and took the penalty. Um, but he, he obviously, people are going to see, he blazes it over the bar and, and the, 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 the game ended up a, quite a drab nil-nil draw in the end, but, which would be pleasing for Vitalid, but certainly not for Atletico. Uh, let's take a break, shall we? We'll come back with the the best of the rest of La Liga, and I'll tell you why I'm banned from Twitter. (laughs) 
You've counted down the seconds. Now make every second count for you. University of Maryland Global Campus will help you wave goodbye to 2020 and say hello to a new year where you take the next step in your education. Whether you want to study business, cybersecurity, healthcare, or IT, University of Maryland Global Campus can help. Apply by January 31st and we'll waive your application fee. Learn online. Visit umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. University of Maryland Global Campus has been serving the military in Maryland and around the world for more than 70 years and online for over 20 years. UMGC offers more than 90 programs and specializations in career-relevant fields, transfer credits, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, and scholarships for those who qualify. Speak with our dedicated military and veteran advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Right, so welcome back. Right, I promised you I'd tell you why. I, I, I think I'm just suspended, but you, you, they're a bit, um, they're a bit cagey about telling you when you're back on. Um, now, do you think I've been uh, spreading hate and abusing politicians uh, on Twitter, <laughs> or do you think I shared a goal from the La Liga? Yes, it is the the the, the latter. I'm, I'm afraid. Shared a goal. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, they 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 don't know. I mean, I know we we rail against the organizational incompetence but they, they don't know who their friends are and who their enemies are at la liga literally it was the so when it wasn't on air in the uk you know the youtube minute and a half ones i retweeted yes. loads of those uh but and there was a, a share button on the youtube videos you know you, you click the button and you can share it they could disable that if they don't want people sharing it so i did that uh, and that got me. And then I re and I retweeted, uh, you know, Chema's goal from a couple of years ago, the volley. I re I shared that. Yeah. And so that um, it obviously pushed them over the edge. So, yeah, yeah, precisely. Yes, yes. Um, outrageous. So yeah, honestly, they they, they drive you nuts, Lally. You know, it's it's very frustrating. Anyway, um, I'm probably better off not on Twitter for a few days because I only read it and get annoyed about the uh, the state of the world. So uh, <laughs> they might have done they might have done they might have done me a favour. Uh, right, John, uh, John Mad Dog Driscoll. I'm going to call you now, Mad yes. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get on with promoting La Liga for them, uh, even yeah. though they don't. Uh, yeah, even though they're determined that you, they don't want you to. Uh, right, let's have a look. What, what else have we? Uh, let's, have, let's have a look at the other decent games from this weekend. Uh, I, want, I want to talk about uh, Villarreal. So uh, they lost to uh, Osasuna. Enjoyed the game actually. It was it was good, wasn't it? So Pau Torres, yep. it's worth talking about them and their their call ups because Pau Torres uh, celebrated this call up to the Spain uh, national team with a goal. And Santi Cazorla uh, is in the squad at the age of thirty four. All of that, and they can't and they lose to Osasuna. Well, it, it says a lot about the squad actually. I'm, that, I'm, I'm not sure how they're playing it with the, with the manager with his squad selections, but Villarreal got four players in it. Albiol's been called up. Gerard Moreno has been called up. No issue with Gerard Moreno. Albio, I'm not sure where the future is there for, uh, I think he's 34. And between Atletico Madrid, Barcelona and Real Madrid, they've got four players. So it's it's quite bizarre. And and just when you think Villarreal are turning a corner that we're getting to see the true Villarreal, they, they slip and slide again. So it's... You could say similar to Athletic Bilbao. You could say at the moment similar to Real Sociedad as well. Um, hopefully Sevilla don't slip down the table. 
um, because I was hoping that we would have the the genuine. I'm not talking title contenders. I'm talking top four, fourth place contenders. Um, that we would then see a genuine, you know, race to be any of those teams are capable. Valencia did it last season. Hatafe run them close. I'm hoping Sevilla, Betis, Real Sociedad, Villarreal, Atleti Bilbao. Forgive me if I've forgotten anybody else. Um, and it, it's it's a shame. But when you look at the, the form of Osasuna at home in particular, there's 29 unbeaten now at home. Um, it is a real boost to their players. That They feel invincible in that stadium. They're, they're to take that form from the second tier to the top tier and still have that belief is, is remarkable. And let's not forget they played... Uh, Barcelona at home and drew. So that was an important win because they've, they've, they've done well also soon without winning games. They've been drawing a lot. So that was a, a, a huge win for them to come from behind against a team that's not playing bad at the moment, that should be doing better. Um, it was a, a, a more than tidy performance from Osasuna. Ron Callier scoring a goal. I don't know what he was doing out there. He should have been in the penalty box <laughs> attacking the set piece as one of the centre-backs. Um, but they obviously saw something in him that thought they could sit him just outside the penalty area and he could unleash a weldy into the corner. So, Jimmy Avila, who's one of the performers of the weekend, I thought his performance, he's, he's a real maverick, isn't he? He sucks down, he doesn't look particularly athletic, he works hard, he's aggressive, he takes the mickey out defenders, he antagonises defenders. Yet yeah, we saw last season, and again now, this season, that he's capable of scoring goals in his own way, and it was a, a bit of a fluke, the goal, he missed it, hits it into the ground. I thought Asenho could have done better, um, but it was a, a, a very good res- result and performance from Osasuna to come from behind. I think in terms of that tier of team, I think how I put it, to, I'd like one of those teams in the, you know, the Valencia to Villarreal bracket and the teams sort of around there, I'd like one of those to threaten to get into the top three. So that yeah. so that we're not drawing a big line one two three or probably one two and then Atleti never really genuinely threatening to win the league and then a big battle for fourth because the battle for fourth is better than not having a battle for fourth but we you know we, we you're, you're flogging it a bit there aren't you when when you you're, you're trying to get excited yeah. battle for fourth it would be good if they were genuinely uh, I think able I'd, to I'd settle this season for Real Madrid threatening to win the league. Because Atletico have come closer than Real Madrid in the last couple of seasons, yet they've, they've, they've been miles behind Barcelona. So I think that, that would be first and foremost that we get a title race. And then be, it would be nice to see that that genuine... I know there's joined a line, but they're, they're three big clubs now. Atletico are not as big, but they've joined that top group, haven't they? The top tier in La Liga, where it would be a huge surprise if they fell out the top three, for instance. Um, but the potential is there for some of these others to. But it, we're seeing Villarreal slipping. Real Sociedad have lost their last two. Atletico Bilbao have, have lost their last two at one point in the last three. And it's a, it's a real shame because we don't all expect Granada to stay up there um, where they are in the league, where they were before the start of the weekend. It was top three seconds, Real Madrid against Granada. Um, so it's. It, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to see the. the with the international break, those teams that started off the season, Real Sociedad certainly fall into that category, um, of starting off looking really well, playing attractive football, great to watch. And then, unfortunately, for Real Sociedad, losing back-to-back games and, and losing that little bit of momentum that they had. Yeah, I think it's probably more accurate that the, the there's a smaller gap between that level of team 
and the the teams down the bottom end because the the teams down the bottom end are, are, are you know as you say Hitape beat Real Sociedad etc and and then you look down and Espanyol are in big trouble they lost to Mallorca looking genuine candidates to go down at the moment even though they're doing okay uh, in the Europa League I think there's a lot of strength down the bottom end of La Liga um, and, and there's not a massive gap is there between probably 19th and and fourth uh, in truth exactly. at the moment. So anyway, so anyway on, on Espanyol, um, how, how, how much trouble are they in? How much trouble is uh, Gallejo in? He's in more trouble than Espanyol because there's so many games left to play and you can, you, you, you've got plenty of time to turn this form around. But it appears now that, that the club are, are, are not believing that he's the, the manager to take them forward. Um, I actually spoke, was working with Guillaume and he seems to be pretty sure that the change is going to be made. And, and actually, I, I, Pablo Machin is the manager that's earmarked to step in pretty soon, um, almost immediately. So expect that to happen this week. David Gallego being sacked, relieved of his position. Um, which you always feel for a coach when they've done so much good work behind the scenes, when they do take the manager's job eventually, there will always, more often than not, comes a time. There's no going back. He can't go back to the B team now. So he's obviously done good work with the young players at the club, but once you've been managed, there's no going back. And you know, perhaps that's the reason why Alguacil has been the Real Sociedad manager has been reluctant in the past to take it because there's only way one way it's going to end. Um, and unless you're ready, um, which Gallego appears not to be, um, but I think Pablo Machín would be a good good appointment for Espanyol if they can get him. Um, the former Girona manager did so well. The, the former Sevilla manager was probably unfairly treated. Um, I think it would be, he would be a fantastic appointment for Espanyol. And they've, they've got the players. They're not. They shouldn't be where they are. They're, they're clearly underperforming. But that was a massive result for Mallorca. There's only their second win of the season. The first came in the in week one. The first week against Eibar. They haven't won a game since. So to beat Espanyol already at this stage of the season, you could say rivals. Um, Tunia was a good win. Budimir appears to be an interesting player. Anti Budimir, the striker for Mallorca, another goal. Um, and the familiar face in Salva Sevilla getting the second. So, excellent win for Mallorca. Um, but it's a really torrid time for Espanyol, but not as bad as Leganes, <laughs> who still have uh, won. Yeah. They've got two points. Yeah, and Pellegrino and the players were cheered from the rafters after the game, which was quite, you know, surprising to see, pleasing to see. The club have come out, and I know it's a vote of confidence, but they said, nope, they're not considering his future, other than the fact they believe he's the manager to, to get them up the table. So we saw it with Rio last season, so perhaps it's becoming a, a trend now with supporters that they genuinely show you know, support um, for a manager who's having a troubled time. But uh, you're right, there's not a lot of difference between the teams at the bottom and mid-table and those... Hopefully, the, the, the teams that we're hoping to improve this year, you could even include Celta Vigo in that position, that we're not sure where they're going to finish in the league at the moment. Yeah, yeah, well, another one, isn't it? Yeah, so they, they beat Athletic by a goal to nil. Uh, just one more game we haven't really mentioned, which is uh, Betis against Abar, uh, which that was the one, my, my latest... I, I know, I, I, sort of, I try not to rant about the VAR uh, all the time, but the, the time taken uh, to, to not give a decision... It's just extraordinary because it was the Lauren uh, Moron goal. Um, you look at it through, and I can understand in real time why you might be confused. As soon as you look at a replay, you think, okay, he's onside. 
or, you know, because there were two, they looked at two different phases of it. Um, but they're looking and looking and looking for an offside that they can't find because he's not offside. And yet they seem <laughs> to be try, desperately trying to prove something. But you, you, you can't prove a negative, of course, because in that case, because there isn't an off, there wasn't an angle. And yet they keep looking. And one's from a bit nearer the corner flag and one's a bit nearer the 18 yard line. And they give slightly different view as they would, because that, you know, that's just how it works. And so eventually you just <laughs> got to move on. But I timed it, Terry. And uh, that was over three minutes. So we're sitting there, you know, you, you paid your money on. Uh, in this case, it's a Friday night. Uh, so three minutes of deciding whether it's a, a goal or not a goal. They had five on at the end. That runs to six in the end. But in that time, Escalante <laughs> was sent off. So that's a minute. And then there's an, a free kick. That So literally, so he's sent off after seven seconds of added time. The free kick is played into the penalty area. The flag goes up again. And uh, then we get into another bar. So uh, the, the the added time that we got from the original VAR is then taken up by a red card and a VAR. So I think you ended up with about 30 seconds, I made it, of, of <laughs> stoppage time for everything else that happened in the second half. Um, I, I'm not advocating um, a, a separate timekeeper or anything. I just think, just get on with it. Just, just make a decision quickly and spare us from VAR taking forever. There's no need for it. But uh, I think the listeners, it'd be interesting to find out from the listeners what's the bigger worry, VAR or John take time in VAR on a Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my wife was... I'm going to ask them to get to me on Twitter because you're not on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you I'll have to do a Twitter poll. I'll take your point. It is... Yeah, we, we're seeing slight variations again this season in La Liga. I think there's, oh, at times there's almost a... It's like they're copying the Premier League laws. And we've got these different laws throughout different leagues in Europe, different laws in the Champions League. And we're now getting the clear and obvious error in La Liga. The, the Vanity penalty against Leganes was... I, I, I've seen it millions of angles. And it looks clear to me that Roger has kicked his own heels and gone down. It may even been outside the penalty box. And yet somehow VAR looked at it after the referee gave the penalty. understood why he could give the foul because it looked a foul. But when you see VAR, I'm not sure there's any contact. I think it's C of S. It does everything to avoid contact. Roger Martinez doesn't kick his leg on purpose. Just one of those you trip and a bit like the bruise striker. Um, and the referee gave the penalty. VAR backed him up. So it's it's causing issues in all leagues. Um, but it is there are goals where you see quite correctly are ruled in or ruled out, if that's the right term of phrase, that it would be impossible for officials to spot in real time. The Aspas goal, the winning goal for Celta Vigo was a clear example. I'm glad it was given because it was so close. Um, but how would, how is an assistant referee meant to get that right in real time? So it has benefits, but I, the main issue is, is taking too long, I think. Yes. Right. So we leave it there, Terry. I've got one more bit of uh, uh, bad housekeeping news uh, from my personal point of view. Classico is at 1pm. Uh, UK slot, isn't it? It's the early Saturday slot, isn't it? On the 26th of October. Uh, and I, I, I can't watch it. I'm going to be uh, commentating on Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday Leeds at the same time. So uh, I'll have to go around not That's knowing the score. Big game, by the way. Somehow. Yes, Yorkshire it is. Yes. Big game, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. It's, it's a strange time. I, I have no idea why it is that time. Um, we've seen various kickoff times, haven't we, for the Classico? 
Um, I guess it suits somewhere in the world, um, but it's uh, oh, that's a shame. Um, but it's set up. What I would say about Clasico is set up perfect now, isn't it? With the the two point gap, Real Madrid top, Barcelona second, cup a, a game after the international break before the Clasico, and you know it should be something certainly something to look forward to for those that can watch yeah. it. Well. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll watch it before we podcast, obviously. But uh, yeah, I will be. Um, yeah, I'll be the only person not watching it live. But anyway, I can't tweet about it. So uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing to be gained. And I won't, I won't be on Twitter anyway, so it won't be ruined for me. So, there we are. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, safe journey back from Barcelona, Terry, and uh, we'll we'll speak again and do another podcast soon. your home speaking and I need some favors. Could you turn on some of the lights in the basement? Um, I'm scared of the dark. Also, this one is easy. Could you bundle your home and car insurance with Geico so we could save money? Last thing, just a suggestion. Could you steam clean the carpets? I need a spa day. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today.